Shameless Media. No matter who you are, where you live, what you do for work, how rich or broke you might be, you're carrying around a secret. We all are. And this show, well, it's all about spilling them. Welcome back to Everybody Has a Secret. My name is Annabelle Lee. I'm your host and ultimate secret sharer. And today I am joined by the wonderful Fruits. Hello. Thank you for joining me. Now, this is your first time on the show and I'm so thrilled to have you. I hate to put you on the spot, but I'm going to do it anyway. I would like you to give the listeners an elevator pitch of who you are by way of introduction. Oh, I love that. Do I have like a time limit? No, I won't do that to you. You can just have (laughs) as as long as you need. I'm Frooms. I'm a writer, comedian, and that's all I do, really. That's me. I'm Frooms. You are the person that I love to follow on Instagram the most. So thank you for your presence. It's my pleasure. Uh, So before you jumped on this mic, we asked you to prepare a secret for us Mm. because it's only fair. I mean, we ask listeners every week to share their secret with us. So could you please tell me your secret? Okay, this is my favourite secret. In 2004, I went to Malaysia with my parents and my sister Mm -hmm. and I didn't like it. I felt very out of my comfort zone. So I stayed in the hotel for the majority of the holiday and my parents one night went out for dinner and me and my sister were obviously livid. We're like, how dare you do something without us? (laughs) What are we going to do? So we're sitting in the hotel room and I thought, oh, you know what? I'll stitch dad up. So... I ordered satay chicken skewers, which is my favourite meal, <laughs> and we had some Vegemite in the room. So I went into their room oh, and no. I, pulled, <laughs> I pulled back the sheets and I thought, I'm going to get you, Dad. And I calculated how far down his bum would be <laughs> on the mattress. And I was a very artistic child, so I grabbed the satay and just did a little bit of a drawing on the sheets and then added a bit of Vegemite for some depth. What and kind then of depth is that? It's black. <laughs> What kind of shits is your dad making? <laughs> he, I don't know, he's got a bad diet. <laughs> and then they got home and I ran up to mum and I said, mum, oh my God, me and Olivia like slept in the bed to like watch a movie and look what we found. <laughs> Pulled the sheet back and it's just this monster mess. And dad didn't even know what to do. Like he fully believed it. Oh he my God. Him. And my mum was so pissed off. And I kept that secret until we got back to Australia and I said, you know what, Dad, I did you dirty. Were they mad at you? (laughs) No. I would have laughed. If my kid did that, I'd be like, you're a fucking jokester. I love that. (laughs) It was smart. And I just think the way that I calculated it, it was cold-blooded and... Could you quickly talk me through the calculations? How did you get to his butular area? (laughs) (laughs) His bussy. (laughs) My dad's like six foot three. I would have been maybe like five foot at the time, if I was eight. Just think about the bum. I've got a really yeah, good yeah, yeah. calculation of people's heights, so it was actually quite easy for me. You're a true artist. Just, like, put yourself in the position of dad. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> Brims, let's get back on topic. Sorry, I knew that was going to be rough. No, no, no. That has honestly made my day. <laughs> Before we jump into the secret for today, I want to know one more thing. Have you ever betrayed someone's trust by sharing their secret or have you ever had your trust broken by someone sharing your secret? 
Yes to both. Ooh, can I hear both? Let's go the first. Have you ever betrayed someone's trust? Okay, first one, I was doing a radio internship about seven years ago and obviously I'm nervous on the radio, like it's a big deal, live, and I had nothing to say so I just started like (laughs) spilling things about my sister and her (laughs) ex-boyfriend and I was like looking through my messenger screen screen grabs the other day and I saw, Lucinda, how dare you, if you ever say my name again on radio, I'll never speak to you again. Do podcasts count? Can you say your name now (laughs) and spill one of her secrets right now? We've like (laughs) totally, we're friends now, we used to not get along at all so I fear I might put that into jeopardy if I say something totally the same with my sister we weren't friends for a very long time like throughout childhood into our teen years and then once we became adults it was like hey you're a pretty good human yeah that's so funny so on the radio what were they asking you to tell them I don't even think they were asking anything to do with that I just got nervous and just spilt someone else's beans no don't worry I do the exact same thing when I'm nervous I just yap 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 and then someone's got to stop me someone's got to pull me back and what about the other one have you ever had your trust broken by someone I actually can't think off the top of my head it would be worse because then I'd be throwing them under the bus as second time right that's okay that's I, true. I'm very vocal like if somebody does something against me like a friend or if they do something that I don't feel very comfortable with I'm very comfortable calling them out I really really appreciate that quality in someone because I don't have it if someone <laughs> wrongs me it'll like be a stab to the heart and then I'll just bury it <laughs> okay frooms let me tell you the drill every episode we open a letter from one of the listeners Each letter will reveal that person's deepest, darkest secret. A secret that they've never told anybody. Now I've got the letters here for you to read. I know. There you go. Today's secret is from Jen. Let's open the letter, which our producer Justine will narrate for everybody listening. My secret took place a few years ago when I was 19. I had first moved to Australia from Colombia to attend an English language school and learn the local way of life. As part of their education program, I was assigned to live with an Australian family who essentially gave me a bed to sleep in, food on the table, and some help with my English. I was paired with a family of five, a couple in their early 40s named Rob and Tara, who lived in a beautiful house in Sydney with their three young children. When I first moved into Rob and Tara's house, I couldn't really communicate with them at all. Because my English wasn't very good yet, we had to rely on Google Translate to have conversations, which Tara found super frustrating. Luckily, Rob was always keen to connect with me and break through the language barriers that stood in our way. If anything, he enjoyed the challenge of communicating with me. In him, I found someone calming, warm and kind. He genuinely wanted to get to know me and instantly made me feel at ease. It also helped that Rob was so dreamy. He had that quintessential Aussie look I'd always lusted after, with sandy blonde hair, muscly arms and tanned skin. Tara, on the other hand was difficult to warm to. She spent her entire working week in Melbourne, where her office was based, and only came home to see Rob and the kids on weekends. This dynamic, with Tara constantly travelling and living away from the family, left Rob and I with plenty of time to get to know each other. In his spare time, Rob would show me how to take the bus around the city and read the maps. He would also talk to me about Colombia and his own experiences in the region where I grew up. For the first week, our conversations were platonic, nothing more than friendly chat and banter. Only, once I admitted to myself that I found Rob extremely attractive by week two, I decided to take things up a notch. I started to wear tiny outfits around the house in the hope that I could capture Rob's attention in a different kind of way. After the children went to bed every night, I started taking more control of our conversations and veering them into sexier terrain. 
I would tell him about my past sexual experiences or bring up the concept of young women working in strip clubs to put themselves through uni. It wasn't long before he took the bait. He began talking to me about an erotic novel he was reading and the different scenes that were taking place in the book. One day, while I was studying my English, I decided to take one step further. I sent him a risky message, which essentially read, I think you're really handsome and I'd be lying if I said I wasn't attracted to you. But I was confused and frustrated when he replied, telling me I had the wrong idea. A few days later, I got my way. It was a really cold night, and after taking myself to bed, I realised how cold it was in my room. I went out to the hallway to fiddle with the heater, but struggled to make sense of all the different controls, so eventually gave up and went back to my bedroom. Rob heard me from his room next door and came in to check on me. When I told him that I was really cold, he moved towards me to give me a hug. After we stayed like that for a few moments, he kissed me on the forehead. My heart was beating out of my chest. After a minute or so passed, we began kissing. On that night, we had sex for the first time. It was the best sex of my entire life. From there, our affair began. We would kiss and hug during the day, but always made sure the kids were downstairs whenever we showed each other affection. Rob made a habit of showering me and was always so tender and loving as he washed my body. I asked him if he'd ever done this with another woman, and he'd always insist that no, I was the only one he'd ever had an affair with. Whenever I saw Tara, I was racked with guilt, particularly knowing that I was doing this behind her back when they'd been so generous to let me into their home. Out of some desire to keep our affair from her, I would make more of an effort to talk to Tara and avoid Rob at all costs when she was in the house. The affair lasted until my stint at the language school ended about a month later. Aside from one frantic night when Rob and I had period sex and his all-white marital bed was covered in my menstrual blood, which made me freak out that we were about to be exposed, our time together was completely amazing. Rob and Tara are still together today. I follow him on Instagram. We exchange the odd emoji on each other's stories every now and then. And he's constantly posting about his amazing wife and how much he adores her. It's confusing given what he did behind her back with me. Only, as the years have passed, I've connected a few dots I didn't as a teenager. I remember Rob telling me that they regularly sign up to have young international students live with them, only they only ever ask for young women. At the time, he explained this away as a safety concern for their children, but now that I know what happened between us, I'm not so sure that's the entire story. Regardless, three years later, I have no regrets. I knew what I was doing every step of the way, and if I'm being honest, I would cheat with Rob all over again. Ooh, again, really, Jen? (laughs) Straight up. Okay, so I've got to be honest with you. I find this story saucy, and I love it. I kind of want to, like, read a version of this that's pages. (laughs) That makes me sound like a perv. But I want to read, like, the full version of this. What was your initial reaction? Oh, I hate it. You hate it? You don't love reading about affair stories? No, I feel so bad for the girl boss why tara yeah she's just a hard-working mother trying trying to keep her family together (laughs) oh that's awful what is the most awful thing about this secret that's standing out to you right now oh the thing that's probably standing out there's a lot there's a lot to take in here it really sent me when i heard about the period sex in the barrel (laughs) bed (laughs) that's such a good visual I think, oh dear. I mean, this must happen a lot, right? Yeah. It could be a nanny. It could be like something like this where an exchange student is brought into a home and then has an affair with the father. To me, though, I'm not sure. Like there is a lot to unpack here, but just right off the bat, there's something about consuming grand affairs 
that is kind of alluring to me. Like I think the concept of I would never do it or I would like to think I would never do it, but the concept of content that is this salacious and sexy makes for an interesting read or like in movies. I love watching movies about affairs. Do you? I don't know. Maybe I've got a massive fear of it happening to me. I'm just always thinking about the person on the other side and it's so boring of me. I just think, oh, dear. And the kids would know. I feel like when you're a kid, you know when your parent's doing something dodgy. Yeah. And so that would probably screw them up a little bit. But, yeah, I wonder maybe maybe the wife is in on it and she's just like, I go away, we bring in an international student and they're going to yeet off eventually anyway <laughs> so it can't <laughs> go into something deeper. But I don't know. So do you think she might know? Do you think or maybe they have an open relationship? They could have an open relationship. Yes. However... On the topic of open relationships, I feel like so many people that bring a third person in, the third person doesn't know. Like I've been in a situation before where I've been with somebody and then later on I've been like, oh, crap, they've got a girlfriend. But then I hear that they're in an open relationship. I just feel like it's such murky territory. I feel like if that's the case... There should be communication, right? Like 100%. you should be able. To, there's a TV show. Oh, I'm blanking on the name, but it's on Netflix, and it's about an open relationship, a couple, much like Rob and Tara, who bring in a third party, and it's like communication the whole way through. They're talking about it at all times, and because, like, from the facts in this letter, it seems like Jen doesn't actually know what's going on, and it seems like her and Rob are actively trying to sneak behind Tara's back, like they're in spaces with her, in living rooms, you know, inside the home, and. Tara doesn't know, it seems. So I feel like it's maybe different in this scenario. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound very open, does it? No. It sounds very sneaky. It really doesn't. Frooms, there is so much more here beyond gut reactions. But before we get there, let's hear from today's sponsor. Okay, I want to talk about the ethics of being the other woman. Let's assume this isn't an open relationship. Do you think that Jen owes Tara anything? Oh, I try to put myself in Tara's position. From not Tara's position, I think, no, she doesn't owe her anything because I feel so often in these situations, it's the woman that gets the short end of the stick and gets demonised. But, I mean, if she's rooting someone's husband, I don't think she really cares about Tara too much. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm I'm taking Rob to task. I think it's all on him. For sure. I think that Rob is the cheater here. He's the one that's like supposed to be in love with the mother of his children, Tara. They're married. But I also think that I can't give Jen a total green pass here. Like she knows that she is stepping into a family environment. She knows that she is crossing a line and especially because she's got relationships with not just Rob but Tara. Also, I'm assuming the kids if she's in their space. I feel like she does owe Tara just that level of human decency. 100%. Yeah. I also found it was quite interesting in the letter how she sort of starts out saying that Tara is travelling a lot and is moving away from the family. It's interesting to me that she says that up top because to me that sounds like an excuse for what Rob did. A justification. Tara's always out in Melbourne gallivanting around. Or even an excuse for... Jen's actions like oh she's not here it's kind of like this is maybe again just me projecting Jen actually didn't say this but it's kind of like Jen is like oh she's not here implying she doesn't care that much about her husband or her family so I can do what I want and it won't actually hurt Tara because she's not in the picture totally yeah in your own life have you ever dealt with loved ones who have become the other woman oh I've definitely been 
in situations where there's been a couple that have split up and another friend has gotten with right. the man or the woman. I'm not going to name names. Yeah. And that puts a lot of the people around them in a bit of a tricky position. Yeah, especially if that friend who has, I'm going to put words in your mouth, like swooped in there. Mm. If she's actively keeping it a secret from those people, it's like she senses that it is maybe not the best thing to do. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's really interesting because I've definitely known someone in the past who wasn't involved in like as big of an affair as this, but she had this tendency to have sex with people who she knew were in relationships, just like once-off encounters. The the thing that got me was that she was very aware that these people were in relationships. And even if they sometimes the guy in that scenario would feed her lines like, oh, my girlfriend is like, quote unquote, a bitch or she yada yada cheated on me once and like she'd be cool with this if she knew. My friend was very aware that she was intruding into a relationship and I found that a very tough thing to deal with in my own mind. Like, was I supposed to tell her I think this is wrong and I ended up doing that and she ended up coming back and continually doing the same thing with these strangers and I just want to know like in a friendship – do you think that's a deal breaker if you were to encounter something like that and your friend wasn't taking your advice? This is a very morally questionable situation. Like what would you do with that? It's very morally questionable. I think as a third party that's really not involved, there's not much you can do apart from give your opinion to them. Yeah. And I think as well you can't really change people's minds. Like if, if they want to do that, they can do that. I find it really interesting. I feel like in my experience people that have been getting with people that they know have a partner, I think usually they've got something going on in their life. Maybe Mm. they don't feel very wanted or maybe they've got bad self-esteem. I feel like that's often the case. They want to get something that they know they can't have or like get it over this other person that's in a happy relationship and try and tear them down. I feel like that's usually what happens. I feel like if you're really happy, you don't really do that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's like this idea of that person's in a relationship and for them to ditch their partner, the person that they've like profess their love to and whatever and choose me and have sex with me, it's like kind of a bit of an ego boost. 100%. Yeah, I reckon it's a power move. Yeah. <laughs> I also think that there's a really interesting element here in the allure of behaving badly overseas. I wonder if Jen behaved this way because she wasn't at home and like things were more alluring because she was like, you know, wasn't in her home country. Do you totally. agree with that? Yeah, because yeah, it's not going to get back to anybody and you can leave whenever you want exactly so the producers of everybody has a secret sent me out to universities a couple of weeks ago to ask young aussies what questionable thing they're done while abroad let's hear what they have to say probably an orgy in a club it was probably the yeah probably that (laughs) it wasn't that question i wasn't asking any questions i was like let's go you do it here yeah yeah running across roads in vietnam that's a given though So when I was in Japan a few years ago with some friends, we were playing a game of Jenga in this tiny little bar. And the rule was that if you lost the game of Jenga, we had to take a shot of snake liquor, which is literally alcohol that's been fermented with a dead snake just sitting there in the alcohol jar. I obviously lost the game of Jenga, so (laughs) I had to take a shot. Ooh. Oh, this is bad, but I was on a school trip in Vietnam and we drank underage. <gasps> no way. Yeah. Naughty. Yeah. And then we had these um, cocktails and then the teachers walked by. So we, we were allowed to just go to our own dinners. It was very free. And we were just saying, oh, like, it's just a milkshake. And they believed it. It's just a milkshake. I was in year nine. 
Naughty. Girl. Naughty, naughty. <laughs> I want to know from you if you've got a story to match that. What's the oh. wildest thing you've done overseas? The wildest thing I've done. Interestingly, a lot of people who I asked on the streets hadn't been overseas. I think maybe like COVID, the pandemic fucked things up for them. Have you been overseas to start with? (laughs) Just so we're on the same page. I have, but I didn't really go overseas when I was younger. So I feel like I wasn't in that really stupid phase. I did go to Bali when I was in year nine. Yes. Which is a young time. When you go to Bali in year nine, (laughs) you're going to Sky Garden, you're in Kuda. Did you get a bintang? I drank, I swear it was like petrol diesel stuff at oh. this club. They'd give you these massive drinks with a big straw and you just get absolutely belted. <laughs> and I remember getting so drunk, I swear there was something in it which is not funny or cool. And I remember having to run home to the villa because my friend's mum, we were like in a conjoined apartment. I remember mm. just running home and I've got this image in my head. It's like euphoria, like <laughs> everything's blurry and I'm just running and I've got asthma and I'm super fit <laughs> and I just have to get home or I'm going to die. That's probably the craziest thing I've done. Like euphoria, <laughs> but the like Aussie Bali yeah. asthmatic version. <laughs> like, not cool at all. Extensions <laughs> flailing in the wind. They should get Zendaya to, to, to yeah. act that out for their next season (laughs) yeah no similarly i feel like all of my overseas stories are just like very young aussie getting drunk vibes maybe just like not sleeping ever i did a bunch of like kentikis a few years back and it was just like i could never do that again my body just can't take it these days i mean i'm only i'm only 24 but i can't i simply cannot (laughs) yeah kentikis another wild beast isn't it absolutely back to the letter in question though I want to get on top of this element here that we haven't touched on yet, which is the element of fetishization that Jen is kind of worried about. In the end of that letter, she talks about, in hindsight, remembering Rob talk about only asking for international students who are women. And he said that that was more of a safety thing for his kids. But the international students thing kind of like weirded me out a bit. I'm like, what's the intent there? Do you think that that was an issue when you read that letter out? Yeah, definitely stuck out to me. What I find quite interesting is right after that, she says, I've connected a few dots that I didn't as a teenager. But then she also ends the letter by saying, I've got no regrets. I think it's really interesting when you're a young woman and you're in situations like that at the time you feel like you have full autonomy and you're making the decision and then in hindsight you realize oh my god there was this power imbalance yeah and it can be a really interesting thing to grapple with later on in your life I've definitely been in situations like that where I've been young and I thought I'm really mature for my age and I'm choosing this and then I get to this age 27 and I'm like oh my god why were these people interested in me? I was a little baby with braces. Like, so I think when you're a teenager, when you're having, when you're fornicating with an older man, (laughs) you feel very in control and special at the time. Yeah. But also, you know, when you're a teenager and you're above the age of 18, you're 19 and stuff like that, you can make your own decisions. So I think as well, saying that she has been taken advantage of doesn't really hit it as well. Yeah. To me, by the end of that letter, it reads to me like she's still confused, as you said. Like she feels weird about it, but she's landed on, but I'm fine and it was a great experience. <laughs> Sometimes when I get confused about that stuff, I sound like Scott Morrison, <laughs> what I'm about to say. But I think about if I was to have a teenage daughter and if she was in the positions that I was. <laughs> want her to do do I want her to go and have an affair with a married man when children are downstairs no no Scott you don't (laughs) (laughs) now if the mum Tara and Jen were really good friends in this scenario like if Jen didn't think that Tara was like kind of cold and like was never around do you think that would change 
the circumstances here? Do you think Jen would feel worse about it now? Do you think it would mean that by the end of that letter, she would have actually said, I regret it. I regret sleeping with Rob. That's interesting. Yeah. I think maybe she went out of her way to not get close to Tara. So that is such a good point. About it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really easy to other somebody, you know, when you feel bad and you know you're doing something that's a bit wrong, it's really easy and like makes you feel better to think, oh, but they're, they're very cold and they're not a nice person. Yeah. And, you know, Rob like needed to get his rocks off because she's in <laughs> Melbourne. <laughs> he needed to have sex with me when I was in my period <laughs> in his marital bed. <laughs> that's the so only heavy. way. <laughs> I'm impressed that he knows how to get blood out of white sheets, though. That's yeah, impressive. I want to know. I, Rob, if you're listening, <laughs> send us your cleaning hacks. Do you use bicarb soda? Like, <laughs> Is this a nappy sand moment? <laughs> I do completely 100% agree with you. I think it's the only way in Jen's mind that she can justify doing this. Like, clearly, morally, it's dubious. Mm. But to make Tara seem like or to not get close to Tara is the only way that she can reckon with that in her mind and be like, you know what? She maybe deserved it. And it is easier, it's more palatable to read and listen to a letter like this and paint Tara as the villain because it's like she's the villain, Rob's the loving husband who like helps this exchange student with learning English, yada, yada, yada. It's a beautiful romantic story maybe. But no, I'm sure Tara's a lovely person and didn't deserve this at all. Yeah, maybe she's going to Melbourne all the time because he's done this before and he's a dirty dog. Yeah. But she doesn't want to leave him because it'll make the kids sad. That's what I reckon is going on. Dirty dog, Rob. Yeah. Classic. (laughs) (laughs) Brooms, that is it for today's episode of Everybody Has a Secret. Thanks for hanging with me. My pleasure. This is great. I feel like I'm learning things. Learning. (laughs) As always, thank you to everyone else for listening. If you have a secret you're itching to spill, write us a letter and mail it to our P.O. box. You'll find all the details about where to send your letters in our show notes. Of course, if the old school mail system isn't your thing, feel free to email your secret to us at hotline at shamelessmediacode.com. Everything we read will, of course, be kept totally anonymous. As for socials, you can find us on Instagram at everybodyhasasecretpod and on TikTok at everybodyhasasecret. See you on Friday. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Hello guys, Mish here. I am the co-founder of Shameless Media. Thank you so much for giving us your ears and your mind and your time. We're so grateful. If you enjoy the stuff that we produce, may I recommend our brand new podcast, Style-ish. Style-ish, if you want to say it quickly. Style-ish, if you want to take the long way through It is our podcast for all things fashion, brand, business, and beauty. If that is in your wheelhouse, if you care about style content, you will love this show. It is, of course, more than just a show as well. It is a newsletter. It is an Instagram feed. It is a TikTok account. There is so much good stuff going out on Stylish every single day starting now. So in your favorite app, search for Style-ish. Give it a listen. Give it a follow. We are an independent media company and we would be so, so grateful for all your support. That's all for me, guys. Check out Stylish and have a good one.